0: Welcome back to another episode of Passing Me Pod. I'm your host Dominic, and of course, joined by my co-host Aaron. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm good, bro, and you? Yeah, man, I'm good. Obviously, another good week of Prem football. We're gonna get into it, and then we're also gonna discuss the Madrid derby at the at the end of the episode. I, we feel like it was an interesting game. We want to talk about, it. but jumping straight into it, um, the North London derby. Obviously, one of the biggest games in the Premier League calendar. Um, Arsenal versus Spurs is obviously an interesting game with how both sides were coming into it. Arsenal not necessarily playing the best so far this season, but still getting the points and Spurs kind of being the flavour of the month, if you will. Everybody kind of enjoying how they're playing at the moment. So it was always going to be an interesting game. I feel like Arsenal started the game better um, in the opening 15 minutes, i say slightly better. Um, Obviously, they got the goal um, through uh, Romero's own goal and then I think after that, I think I'd probably say when when Jesus missed the chance uh that would have made it 2-0 when he took the ball off off Madison, I'd say that's when the game turned or the first half turned in Spurs' favour. I think that's when you kind of saw Basuma getting on the ball more, Madison getting on the ball more, creating things. And I think in that in that midfield battle, um, that's when they started to, to win it, um, towards the mid parts and towards the end of the first half, obviously they got the goal through Son. Um and I think to be honest, that's that's where you want Son at this stage in his career now. When he's playing as a striker, you want him in those positions where he can just where he can just finish. And yeah, it was a it was a great finish, putting it into the corner um, to get to get Spurs back level. Um, and then I think the second half, obviously, it, it became interesting when Rice came off because I think, obviously, due to the injury, um, Arsenal really lacked like they missed that physical presence in midfield, and it became easier for. For Spurs to like just just dominate in midfield, I think. And I I, I honestly was when when Rice came off injured, I was like, like I could actually see Spurs winning this game here. Like before, I was like the most I could have I could have really swung was a draw because at the end of the day, it's still Arsenal at home and in North London derby, they're normally very good in this fixture. But when Rice came off, I was thinking you know it, re- it could really get techie because I think Spurs were at that point probably the better side overall. Um, then obviously Arsenal take the lead for a penalty. Um Romero Ongo and penny in the same game kind of had a kind of a stink stink on, on that front. But I feel like his overall performance wasn't too bad, even though obviously yeah. that's that's pretty poor. But um and then Arsenal equalized straight away Jorginho mistake on the ball, um lapse in concentration, just poor to be honest. And yeah, yeah you give Son that chance, he's gonna finish it. That's what he's there to do. Um but yeah, man, what do what do you think of the game? How do you think it went? Interesting game. I predicted 2-2, two, two, actually. So yeah, you did. Glad to see yeah,
1: but, oh, interesting game. I think Arsenal are still having this problem that like, they just throw the ball into their own net. Like, they, they they don't play... This season, they haven't played that great, but even at the end of last season, like, it was sort of the same. Like, they just... They'll give the opposition chances out of nothing, like the Jorginho one. Like, they just give them yeah. the ball in, in, like, situations where they shouldn't be getting anything out of it. Even the the first got, Madison has the ball in a situation which is like like nothing's gonna happen from here. Like at most, the most danger you could see is maybe a corner coming off someone, and then he just suddenly skips around Saka and then puts the ball in the box. And all the centre backs are too slow to react, and then Son's there to pay yeah. her. Own. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just like everything's just. I don't know. I don't know the words to explain
0: it, but it's just like everything's it's it's self inflicted. It's like, self inflicted because yeah. even even with that. um with that first goal, Ryan could have claimed the ball earlier in the sequence. Like he flapped yeah. that and pushed yeah. out, and that's yeah. when Madison went and picked up. So yeah, it's it's a lot of self inflicted for Arsenal right now. Yeah, I I don't know what's gonna happen with them because it seems to be like a like a sort of a recurring
1: theme where it's like they just throw the ball into their own net at home. Like when they go away and they play away, it's like you know they're out here grinding and they they play well. They get the points. They get the clean sheet maybe. Like I'm pretty sure they've kept three clean sheets, I think, in like three away games this season. But it's like they just when it's at home, they do stuff like against Fulham, or uh, last season I think it was Southampton. Southampton were bottom of the league, and they left with I think a point against Arsenal in the title yeah. race. It's yeah. just like things things like that should not be happening, especially when you're at home. Uh, I saw someone tweet about it, and they said um, I can't remember exactly what it was they said, but they said it feels a bit like a bit desperate at times when it comes to Arsenal. Um, mm. And it's sort of like the vibe to get off the touchline and everything is like, it feels it feels desperate when they're at home, which is weird. Like it's normally supposed to be the other way around. Like you'd understand if the manager's really passionate and Arteta's is always kind of passionate on the touchline, but you understand if he's like that and shouting them or whatever and arguing the ref for every call, if they're like away from home and the opposition fans are like really on their back and they need like something to sort of lift them up, whatever. the person was saying you'd understand it feels like that but it feels like the whole coaching staff including Arteta just like you feel it with the players as well Is that it feels a bit desperate as if like they're trying to prove that they can win sort of thing when they're at home Mm. when they should be the favorites if that makes sense like it feels as if they're trying to go for like a smash and grab at home when it should be the other way around when you're at home you should be controlling the game and dominating everything and should be scoring goals and Everything should be sort of more like relaxed because you have the home fans in your back. But for Arsenal, for some reason, it feels like when they have the home fans with them, it's like they struggle so much more and it doesn't make any sense to me. Like even against uh, Spurs, it was like, um, they seemed, Arsenal fans seemed pretty disappointed to only get a 2-2 draw. Spurs fans Mm. seemed really happy to get that 2-2 draw. And that sort of, the happiness that Spurs fans left with is sort of the thing that you get from Arsenal fans during games that they just about win, for example, the Man United game, I think when mm. you look at the the different in the difference in quality in the squads, especially with Man United's injuries, I think Arsenal should have been winning that game and should have played a lot more better than they actually did. But when it yeah, comes definitely. down to it, it, feels it comes back to that desperation sort of feels like they're trying so hard to win, as if they're away from home, but they're at home. It's a weird, it's a really weird thing that's been going on, and I don't think they can win the title anymore um, based on what I've seen so far because I'm not sure what's going to happen and how it's going to improve necessarily. What do you think? Do you think it's something like a bigger issue or
0: is it just something like just starting early in the season? I don't know. It's a weird one because, as you you said, last season, you know, they were even poor at home then, dropping points in games where they really shouldn't have. Um, And I don't know, I feel like maybe it could be to do with just the pressure of like, The arsenal fans they are a very kind of the fan base demands a lot um of the players like they want to be challenging for the title this season like after obviously last season they came so close but i feel like the the players they shouldn't play up to that like you should just play the way you know how to play the way that you play when you play away from home and it's great or the way that you play even at home for certain stints of the game like i feel like arsenal at times they're like I don't know. Sometimes they'll they'll start really fast and they'll score goals, score two goals, and then they'll fall away towards the end of the first half, and then you can maybe get at them. And then sometimes they'll they'll start slow in the first half, and then you can get at them then, and then they might build up and get better and better as the half goes on. But I'm I'm not sure why, to be honest. I just feel like I don't know. Maybe they're just a bit a bit inconsistent at home right now. But um, what what did you make of some of the individual performances in that game though? Because obviously uh... in in uh, the build-up, one of the things that were that was kind of build-up was um, Madison versus Erdegaard and you know the midfield battles there. And I mean, I I didn't really I didn't really see Erdegaard in this game. To be honest, I feel like he was yeah. kind of. This was a game where you would have expected him to take charge, hold himself accountable. He's a captain of the club, you know, yeah. create chances, get involved. And I feel like he was just kind of a passenger on the pitch um, yeah. for a lot of the game. I didn't really see him. Whereas on the other side, I was seeing Madison, and everything Spurs were doing creatively was going through him. So yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you think of some of the some of the other individual performances? Um, I
1: think in to be honest, I think in in Odegaard's sort of play style, he's never really been a sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck player, and it's been a mm-hmm. criticism of him for quite a while. Like that he's he's not too physical, he's not too like in big games, a lot of big games, he doesn't really step up where you can like yeah. shy away or whatever. And it's like, I feel like he's more of a player who lets the game sort of flow to him. Like someone I compare him to, maybe not as good, but like David Silva, where he's like, he's not someone that's going to come and get the ball off the centre-backs and dribble past players and force a ball into the box and make someone get on the end of it. Like he's not that half a player, like he's more of like a technical sort of dainty sort of, just like he'll find, he'll get the ball occasionally, like the ball will come to him and then he'll try to play a pass or something. And I think in games like these, um, things like physicality and like raw, like just pure like strength and things like that in these sorts of close games or these sorts of big games, it can be a bit of a deciding factor. When you look at like De Bruyne's goal against Arsenal at the Etihad, where he like drives past like a few players and just slots it uh, in the bottom corner, like, that sort of run, I don't think Odegaard has that in his in his locker, and I feel like because he's that type of player who's a bit more passive in these sorts of games. When people say, "Oh, he's the captain; he should be doing this; he should be doing that," he's never going to do it unless he sort of changes his play style a bit. Um, I think Madison is is not that type of player either, but he's more of it than Odegaard is. If that makes sense,
0: I think I, can... I think I think Madison's more aggressive in his play style, and that's what yeah. helps him in in these games. Like he yeah. is. His play style and his personality, he demands the ball. And that's why in, in these moments he, he can show up.
1: Yeah, precisely. Like you can see uh, when he made the mistake and he just uh, put it over the bar, like the next, literally the next play, he got the ball. No, the keeper had the ball and he like told Basuma, like, go away. Like before, I think they were doing like sort of a 4-2 build-up or like a 3-2 sort of build-up. Yeah. Like him dropping next to Basuma. But after he told Basuma, just go and spread out and he took it by himself again and again kept them on in the ball mm. and i think it's sort of i don't know it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it comes from maybe it's just how he is but you can sort of feel it's it's kind of linked to like championship uh that sort of championship growing up uh as a player and also as, with leicester who have been in relegation battle last season before that they've been battling for top six and mid table and things like that like you can see that sort of that sort of scruff of the neck sort of in him where he like, he yeah. wants to be aggressive and get on the ball and do everything. Like he feels like he can take that responsibility. I feel like Odegaard doesn't really have that to him. doesn't really have that side to him. Mm. And I didn't really, I wouldn't say he played bad. I don't think he played bad, but I think he just didn't really like do much. I could say the same for Declan Rice in the first half as well. I don't think mm. he did much either. Like I didn't really notice him too much. Um, but no, it was a good battle in the end. I think Basuma was really good um, yeah. when he played. I think Saka could have had a better game, but, you know, North London derby nerves. I think he will have to get dropped when um, Benton Core eventually comes back from his injury. Yeah, But no, it was, it was a good game. Um, also wanted to point out Saka. I think Saka played really well. Um, mm. I, I think he's played better. I think out of, like, the Arsenal players, I'd probably say he was, like, the best. Like, I don't think anyone else was too outstanding, in my opinion um for the first like 20 or so minutes when arsenal really had the pressure on spurs i think um he really gave Adogi a tough time thinking a yellow card really early yeah but then i think after like half an hour or the first like 35 40 minutes the game just sort of flipped like arsenal was struggling to dominate spurs even though they're at home it's like from that point on it's like saka didn't really i, I would say didn't do much but he didn't really do much to be honest like he just mm. i don't know i didn't see him as much as i would have expected to in like a game like this but you have to give the credit where it's due to players like a dogie for keeping him quiet to be honest because this is like his first sort of really big game this season other than maybe um united i think like, yeah. you have to give credit where it's due young fullback against one of the best wingers like he done well so credit where it's due
0: what about you what would you say? About yeah, Literally, I was going to say, um, Udogi, because I, 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 I beat him up to one of my boys. I was saying he's going to have a good game against Saka. And then yeah. when he got the yellow card in, inside like 15 minutes, or something, I was like, you know, obviously he's a young player, North London Derby, yellow card inside 15 minutes. Saka's, yeah. I was assuming Saka's going to be going at him for the rest of the game, especially with the way Arsenal started. But as you said, um, as Arsenal kind of fell away in the game and Tottenham got more into the game, that kind of, it just didn't really happen, Saka didn't really have him in those situations as much anymore. And I think Udogi done well, um, in the times where Saka was against him after that. And he done well to obviously keep composure and, like, you know, not get the second yellow. Um, mm-hmm. I'd agree with you with Basuma as well. I think he was unreal. Um, like, I don't know, that type of player is what is one of my favorite types on the field. Is can pick up the ball in tight spaces, can carry, can drive the ball forward, can take you from. Your third of the pitch to the final third like by himself. And yeah, I think for me his his performance really impressed me. And it's like great to see kind of finally the prosumer that we expected to see when he signed from Brighton. Because last mm. season was obviously his first season on the content, and he looked like a shell of himself. And yeah. it was kind of like where where like what's gone wrong? Do you know what I mean? And now obviously he's, he's balling out and he's playing well. Um I think for Arsenal, um, I feel like Obviously, you spoke about Odegaard, um and being like a bit more passive. And I feel like Vieira is a similar type of player like that. Or I don't know, v- Vieira is very, very lightweight. And I feel like in a game like this anyway, like the physicality was a bit much for him. And I feel like both of them, both Erdogan and Vieira, not having the best game was like, obviously in a the, in the game where the midfield is so vital, I feel like that was yeah. not obviously ideal for them. Um Jay's, or Nketiah, actually. Nketiah, I think, was poor um, in this game. And I don't know. I was someone who earlier, a couple of episodes ago, I was saying I feel like he improved um, overall coming into this season. And in this game, man, I don't know. I just don't think... Just nothing was sticking for him. Nothing was coming off. He was poor. He let himself down. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Arteta does, obviously. Arsenal now have a lot of injuries. Um, yeah. Martinelli's out. Trossard's out um Rice we don't Saka know how long he's going to be. be out Saka could be out um it's going to be interesting to see how how Arteta lines up the team especially you guys. they they've got City um coming up soon as well so yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see how kind of that that works and what Arteta does in in that scenario but um speaking of City, move on to their game against Forest um I'll let you take that away 2-0 win uh goals early on um Seems pretty
1: Chirumbi. simple, to be fair. Even Chiarambe, he scored. I think it's Foden and Haaland. Foden and Haaland, man. But yeah. like, I
0: yeah. think it was Haaland. Like, you don't score every week. <laughs>
1: now nah, some weeks he doesn't, man. But, but yeah, no. Uh, liked, I like the game until... I think probably one thing I have to mention is Foden in this game. I mentioned Foden a lot, but I think in this game particularly, he showed a lot more maturity and it's a real positive sign because he's... To be honest, since like, 2020, like one, he's been a mature player. But in this game, it was more like a leader sort of thing, especially after the red card. Obviously, Rodri, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going through his head, but he, I don't know, like he must have been really upset or something. And he's gone like, and made like a choking connection around uh, Gibbs White's throat. So it's like obviously a red card, a uh, bad decision. But from then on, I can't remember when it was, but it was quite early in the second half, maybe around 60th. And then from then on, it's sort of like, went down to 10 men. I can't remember which subs came on, but I remember, I think Phillips at one point came on, but before Phillips, it was someone else that had to, I think Doku had to come off for someone else and then Phillips came on for someone else as well. He had to go really passive. And I think Foden in that like last 30 to 40 minutes of the night, he actually showed a lot of maturity on the ball. Like he made a lot of good decisions from what I was seeing. Um, He sort of had that sort of, it's almost like he's showing Pep, like I can be the one who does like what Gundogan and Bernardo Silva do, which is where, mm. especially if you like rewatch the Champions League final, you see there's a lots of times where it's like we're on the counter attack and it's like maybe 75th minute, 80th minute and there's an opportunity to play someone in, but they literally just slow down, slow down, slow down, take the ball, do a 360 and then let the whole team move up the pitch and then yes. pass it back to the defenders so we can get everyone up the pitch whole team is in a nice position to uh, to do some like counter controlling if we lose the ball and everyone can yeah. sort of be a unit rather than stretching the game end to end. And it's those sort of decisions that Foden wasn't making before. Like if we're maybe one no up in the 75th and he sees opportunity to play a through ball to Haaland, he's probably gonna play it. But I think in this game, he showed a bit more restraint and that sort of uh, Bernardo Silva about him where he can just be like, okay, let's wait, slow it down. Let's let everyone move at the pitch. Get more compact and let's just calm it down and play it backwards, hold on to the ball and just keep everything sort of safe. Uh, I think Carl Walker played well as well. I liked mm. his uh his assist for Foden. Uh made the perfect run. It's all it's almost like telepathic, like he knew where to be and then just laid it off of Foden. Great finish. Uh, I also liked Nunes from what I saw. I like Nunes a lot. Um, he looks really, really good. I think he could end up starting against Arsenal. Uh I'm not sure if Bernardo Silva mm-hmm. is going to be back in time or not but I think he he seems like the the sort of nailed on midfielder to start against Arsenal if you have to put someone either in DM or next to the DM he's going to be the guy I think that will play and uh yeah no overall it was it was a good game until the
0: um until the red card I'd say uh did you catch the game? Uh no I didn't I didn't actually manage to catch it but oh, I've okay. seen seen the highlights seen bits of it um yeah yeah Do you have um, yeah, no, two really nice goals, obviously. Um, good moves. I was gonna ask you about Walker because I know in previous episodes you said you haven't been a fan of him, obviously being wide right, holding the whip. Um, even mm-hmm. if it means Ferdinand can come inside. But from when when I've seen him to be fair, I feel like he's been one of your better players this season. It seems like Pep is gonna stick with him in that role. Um, and yeah, I wanted to I wanted to, to touch on Doku. And obviously, Grealish because I mean they're they're dragging your boy a bit now. Grealish saying that there's no way back for him. What do you what do you yeah. think about?
1: It? I disagree. I think I think the future of this team is with both of them in it. I think it's with okay. Grealish on the left and Doke on the right. Um, I don't think I don't think Grealish is at a point where you can say where people like I think people are overreacting about. I don't think he's at a point where where for example, if you look at Raheem Sterling, Sterling's final season was shocking. Like it was really bad. I don't think Grealish is anywhere near that sort of point. Like last season, for example, games against Liverpool, uh, at the Allianz against Bayern, even against Real Madrid. Like there's lots of big games where Grealish has dropped like top, top performances. I don't think uh, Sterling had those sorts of games in his last season. Uh, And I don't think Grealish is at that point yet where he's like like his his spot is in trouble or anything. I think Doku will still be the, in my opinion, I think Doku, I'm not sure who's better yet out of them two, but I think Doku will be the number one on the left for now, at least with Foden on the right Mm -hmm. coming inside, Um, simply because he has such a, like a unique quality that Grealish doesn't have, which he literally is dribbling. Like it's unstoppable. Like he's probably the best dribbler in the world right now. And I think Grealish doesn't have that sort of, that sort of, like, he doesn't give you that sort of quality that that can break a whole defence by himself. I think Grealish is mm-hmm. better in transition in, transitioning, like, a counter-attacking team, whereas Doku, like, against low blocks, I think Doku's just, like, a code. So, I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as to say there's no way back for Grealish, but I think it will be tough, and he does have to start dropping good performances when he plays. Like, it can't be how it was before, where he'd maybe play some average games and then play some good games. Like... Every performance has to be good because you know now Doku's got a head start on you because he's already got a quality that's better than one that you have. If that makes sense. What yeah. do you think about the the Grealish Doku thing though? Do you think
0: it's a long day for him or? To be honest, I think I think it's a bit. I think people are overblown it a bit. I don't think Grealish is playing that differently to how he was playing last season so far. I just think that Doku come coming and we've seen what he can do, and it's like oh now this guy is so much better than Grealish. But I don't think Grealish is that. What that much worse than he was last season like I don't think he's been great but I don't think he's been like extremely bad do you know what I mean and I just think Doki obviously coming in and you guys haven't really had a winger like him in a while so it's yeah. kind of he's kind of the kind of the flavor of the month right now so um yeah but I was going to ask you though obviously with Rodri red card um you're going to be missing the Arsenal game what is your midfield three for that game if you had to your ideal midfield three if, peep, if players are fit, if players yeah. are fit, uh, Bernardo and
1: Nunez probably, and then Phillips. Yeah, probably Bernardo and Nunez. But if okay, <sighs> wait, let me wait, let me do some I need some thinking. Wait, so we have one team. Mm. Oof. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'd probably go Bernardo and Nunes as the two in the middle. And yeah. then I'd have uh, Alvarez uh, left sort of 10, third and right 10. And then um, Dirk on the left walk on the right. That's what I'd probably go. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I think that I think that works best. I like Kovacic a lot, but I think in terms of like, defensive ability, I think Nunes is better as well. And Bernardo, I'm not even sure if he's going to be fit. So... Um, mm. am uh, not sure what's going to happen with him but yeah, i probably go Bernardo and Nunes
0: and then Alvarez that would be the midfield three Fair enough, I mean, you guys got enough depth that, that, that's that's still a solid midfield yeah. three do you know what I mean? Um, moving on to the to the red side of Manchester where we, we don't have midfield depth I watched that <laughs> game against Burnley obviously, 1-0 win happy about the win but bro, that performance man it was, I mean, we 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 went to Turf Moor and we made we made Burnley look like City, bro. Like that's that's that Burnley performance is exactly what Company wants his team to look like and we just let it happen to us. Like mm. they were they were popping the ball, like they were popping us off the pitch. I'm looking at our like our players on our and our team. And I'm like, how are, how are we actually letting these guys that have just come up from the championship? Obviously they're they're like they're a footballing side, but they've just come up from the championship and we're letting them pop the ball around us like this. McTominay had a... Oh, bro, he had a, he had a stinker, man. He's just not good enough. I think we needed to get rid of him and replace him in the in the summer, but he's still here. Um, but obviously, it's still good to get the win. Uh, magnificent goal, to be honest. Bruno, that's his, that's his match-winning quality. I remember you was obviously talking about that um, yeah. in a previous episode, like... He didn't have the greatest game, but gets that one chance. He's got unreal ball striking. Obviously, it's a great ball from Johnny Evans. Makes a good run. One chance, bang. Just, you know what I mean? It's a goal. Um, yeah. And we win the game. We take all three points. Um, I think the performance, obviously, it was poor, but I've been I've been saying that once we get players back, I, I feel like we'll be playing a lot better. Like, once yeah. we get guys like Amrabat in there, obviously, he made the, his debut off the bench um, in that game once we get him into the midfield, once we get Mount back, um, you'll start to see us play better and more controlled in that midfield. Um, so I'm not too concerned. Obviously it's good to get the win. And I think it's important that we start to build momentum now because it's a couple losses on the bounce. Um, and we've got some, some easier fixtures coming up, obviously Palace on the weekend and we beat them in the Carabao Cup as well. So we need to start building that momentum and hopefully we can get players back and be building that momentum, build some more cohesion with the team. And, um, we can move forward, but yeah, did did you catch the game? What did you think of it? Before uh, any of it? Yeah, no, I, I caught I caught yeah I watched it, but not I wasn't too focused on it. Like I was watching it here
1: and there, coming mm. out. I was just I didn't even realize the lineup. I'm just looking at it now. Like I didn't even
0: realize uh, Hannibal started this game. Yeah, bro. No, nah, um, Hannibal. He was he was, he was decent to be fair. I think he was. Yeah. I think people. I think people are him oh, a little bit because obviously he's from the academy, but obviously I don't mind it. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he had a had a decent performance. He was yeah, he was nice, good energy on and off the ball. So, can't ask for. Um, what do
1: you what did you think of um, Rashford's performance in this game? Because that was a talking point. I saw, I saw some mm. people, I saw some people say he's really bad. Some people said they thought he played well. What do you think about this game?
0: I think I think he was okay. Like kind of him, but i feel like with a lot of things in the man united fan base it's one extreme it's the other extreme and i often find that i don't know the truth lying somewhere in the middle i feel like i don't think rashford was poor i think that that's overblown i think often when when we do badly rashford is someone that gets criticized a lot but i don't think it was his best game um he definitely had moments where he could have done better because decision making is something that has been a debate in the united fan base for a while um but I feel like I don't know. I feel like as, as Rashford and Hoyland get more chemistry together, they're going to play better together. They've they've come out and said that they're working on and off the, off the training ground to build that relationship. And yeah, I don't I don't think I feel like people are are reacting a bit too much with the with the Rashford thing right now. I don't think he started the season as poorly as people have kind of made it out to be. Obviously, United as a team, we've not been great, so it's hard for individuals to kind of be at the level that they were at last season when when we were doing better, but I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too worried uh, about what what have you made about him uh, this season? Uh, it's tough. I think he's been he's been.
1: Mm, I don't think I can say he's been good to be honest. I don't. Think I he's mean, he's been he's been okay. Like I don't think he's been good. I don't think he's been bad. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. It's a tough one. I think he's. I think what's happened right is. He's scoring less. I think this is what happens a lot with Rashford. Is when Rashford starts scoring less and the goals dry up a bit, then everyone sort of sort of turns on him like a lot. Like his his performances might be like a similar level to what they were last season, but then it's like he's like public enemy number one because he's not scoring anymore. But if he starts scoring, like saying mm. that are saying he scores two, then the game after that he scores again, then play, people will start saying like, yeah, no, Rashford's been great but i feel like if i feel like it's just when the goals dry up everyone sort of overblows like his average or bad performances so i don't think he's been like to his standard until like a general standard i don't think he's been that bad to be honest this season i just think he's not scoring as much and the goals will come eventually because like you know it's Rashford like he's fast like on the counter attack like he's one of the most like deadly players in the world like you give him the ball like he will score and the goals will come like when Luke Shaw gets back i'm sure um, a lot's going to change. When Luke Shaw's back, um, when you have uh, Amrabat starting more games as well, I think he'll give you yeah. more defensive stability, you'll probably keep the ball more. Uh, when, uh, I think, Juan Bissaka, I'm not sure when he's coming back, when he comes back as well, you will probably uh, end up keeping the ball more as well, probably win the ball a lot more. I think when all these things sort of click a bit, I'm not sure what's going on with, uh, with Sancho and Anthony and like whether, I'm not <laughs> sure whether they're coming back or well, actually, well, I'm pretty sure Sancho is not coming back, but like, no, nah, I don't think so. Really. Um, what well, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I think Rashford will score eventually. I think that's one thing you can count on. Like, he's probably mm-hmm. going to be the top scorer this season for United, unless Hoyland does something great. Um, and I think the goals will come back, and people just need to be patient and give him a bit of time for the goals to come back because it's not like he's been one of the worst players in the team. Like, there have been worse players yeah. in the team this season, in my opinion,
0: but yeah. Yeah, all definitely. That I think I think one the last thing I probably say on Rashford is that I feel like people, I feel like people discredit his all around game. Like I see people talk about all the time saying that if he doesn't score goals, what's he offering to the team? But bro, I can like there there have been performances I've seen Rashford where he might not might not necessarily score, or maybe he will score. But you can see what he's doing for the team. Like he he can pick up the ball in wide in wide areas, go one on one at his fullback, drive at them, push the offensive line back go for a cutback in in the past we've not had a striker to be in the box for that and i feel like this season now that we have hoyland we're going to see that a bit Mm -hmm. more um i feel like as well his playmaking is a bit underrated i feel like he can he can make those nice passes you see it with luke Shaw, where where luke shaw makes the overlap or even the underlap sometimes into the box and he plays those passes again getting us into the half space uh so we're in good position for pullbacks and and yeah i feel like Rashford. Has a he has a lot to offer, and I still feel like he's got levels to go as well in his game. You know, he's getting he's now twenty five, gonna be twenty six, I believe, in October. So yeah. he's getting to the peak of his career. This is he's getting to where he's gonna be, how he's gonna be as a player, reaching his potential. And I feel like he's he's becoming more more well rounded as the years go by. And I feel like you know I, I don't I don't feel like there's a problem right now. I feel like once a team gets back to the level they should be at Rashford, Rashford's level will go up as well with the team yeah. and you know you'll be scoring goals we playing well again so um so yeah um moving on we've got liverpool versus west ham 3-1 win for liverpool um obviously continuing their run still unbeaten this season uh did you catch this game would you make of it uh i only got the first half
1: yeah. um but it looks like it looks like city pool could be back man i don't know
0: Mm. They're
1: back to. I think they're back to doing what they used to do, which is why I say that. And what they used to do is basically like, it's like the opposite of anything you've seen from like, whatever team you'd say is like the most popular team right now in terms of like hipsters or whatever. Like teams like Brighton and that, they do the complete mm. opposite of anything that Brighton do. So basically, what they do is they might, they'll play like badly or whatever. They won't play great. Or they'll play good, generate some chances, give up a load of chances in behind. But the other teams won't score. They just simply won't score. And it's something I actually noticed when I was watching the game. So uh, specifically in this game, I think West Ham had quite a few chances. Antonio had one glaring miss, I think, in the first half. I was
0: yeah. yeah. And
1: I uh, it's, it's crazy. But against like these lowest of teams, they give up a bunch of chances. So, so many chances. But because the teams aren't of enough quality, they don't convert all of the chances. And Liverpool have so much quality that eventually they get their own chances and they will score them. That's something that happens with Liverpool. It's been happening since like Marnie was there, like it always happens. And it's like, against the top teams, like, I don't know, against like a Man City, like if we go to play them at Anfield, I'm not sure we could leave there with like a win. Like it would be Mm. a tough game even if they give Nothing. up the same, no, no, not even if they, I think they don't give up the same chances against us or against maybe Arsenal or a United. I think they don't give up the same sort of chances they give up against West Ham. And because of that, they can win those games as well. And I think mm. when each week goes by with them playing badly or not playing as well as they can, or they should be, and then the other team not taking their chances, but Liverpool taking their chances. The three points just keep stacking up, stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. And eventually you get to like February and then you see they've got like, I don't know, like 15 wins. And you're just like, where are these ones coming from? Like, do you know what I mean? Like it just keeps on stacking up, stacking up, stacking up. And then, I don't know, just before you know it, like, oh, like, I think, was it two seasons ago? They were literally like, it seemed like we had the title, like, a home and hose, like it seemed like it was done. And then yeah, it gets to like February and it's like, oh wait, like they're like five points off us low-key. Like, where are they going? <laughs> And then it's like, oh wait, now they're first, like how did this happen? And then it goes on to the final day, like these wins that they get, even if they're paying poorly, it all adds up, like it all just carries over, each three points they get just carries over. And it's something that Pep mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned it in the last episode but I was like, Pep, um, when he mentioned Liverpool, he doesn't really talk about like tactics or like performances, whatever, he always talks about mentality and it's like yeah. they always get themselves over the line. Like no matter what what may be going on, who's playing whose injuries, they just win games and they keep stacking up. And that's how uh, two years ago they got into a serious title race with us. So it could happen again this season. If anything, if we if we're to drop off, I think it could be back. And I think Arsenal having these games where they're drawn two two to Tottenham. Like I'm not sure if Liverpool I'm not sure if um I think Liverpool and Tottenham are playing on the weekend and I'm not yeah. sure if, if Tottenham are, are getting a point from there. Like, Liverpool are the of mm-hmm. team that can win, like, 3-1. Like, no matter how many chances they give up or no matter how bad they might play, like, they're going to score the goals. Um, I think Salah uh, recently, this, especially this season, I probably have him, if I had, like, a team the season now, he'd be in my team of the season. He's been really good this mm-hmm. season. Uh, I thought he was washed, but he looks like he's coming back <laughs> to, like, like his proper, like this is Mo Salah. Like he's entering the type of like phase where now, like I've been considering like him and Hazard as a debate, like probably uh, before <laughs> I was like, nah, no chance. But now I'm starting to start to think, okay, like Hazard, this is like top, like this is like top. Like when you talk about best player in the world, you can start talking about this is Salah, like uh mm. 21, 22, Salah, 17, 18 Salah, like this is proper Salah back now. He's getting the assists. he's creating, He's scoring like he's doing everything now.
0: Like serious player now, man. He's back. I love it. Nah, that's fair enough. I think yeah, well, I agree, man. Mo Salah this season he's definitely back. I like to see him in obviously in the creative role now as well, creating chances and scoring. And bro, Liverpool just create chances for fun anyway. Like they've got so many attacking options that like they can they can put out different front threes and they're still creating chances against against these types of sides. And then obviously now you've got Subotic as well in the midfield who's Bringing in goals, he's creating chances as well, and yeah, man, Liverpool—they look like they're back. And I think one thing you said, obviously about the mentality, or that you were saying Pep said about the mentality. I think you look at the kind of leaders or the more experienced players in that team. You look at Allison. You look at Robert. Robo, You look at Trent Salah, um, Van Dijk. I think they've all been better this season um, compared to last season. I'm not necessarily necessarily saying they're all back to the level they were at their peak. Like this is definitely not peak Virgil. I don't think I was seeing. But um, I think they've all improved from last season, and that's definitely pulling Liverpool through. Um, right now, their yeah, their attacks just it's unreal. They're scoring goals for fun. Um, but I am going to be interested to see them against Spurs next week. It is is Spurs at home? So do you know what I mean? It's not at Anfield, at least. But Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool could definitely run up in there and get like a two-one win. I reckon. Um, yeah. Two quick goals and just kill the game, but. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, how they how they line up because McAllister has been playing as a deepest midfielder in most of these games. I know Endo's played a couple of times, but I don't think he's been too great. Uh, whenever yeah. I've seen him, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see, obviously, without that DM you know figure like they had Fabinho a few seasons ago. Is Klopp gonna is Klopp gonna do something different to maybe switch up, or is he just gonna trust McAllister mm-hmm. in there? Kind of, you know what I mean. See what happens. It'll be it'll be interesting. Um, another, another thing I wanted to
1: mention was did you watch the whole uh Liverpool West Ham game? No, nah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see the whole
0: thing. Oh, Pekka played really well. Really, oh, I, really saw, well. I saw, I saw, I saw, it. I saw, obviously, in the bits that I watched, he was playing well, and I saw the comp on to after. Yeah, no, nah, it was unreal, man. And fantastic player, man. For uh, did you see the highlights for the goals? Yeah,
1: for the West Ham goal that boy played over, I think, to, mm. to Bowen or something. Yeah. Great, man nah. great, great, great. He's really good, man. He's looking really good. I think,
0: I think we're probably gonna end up going back in for him. Like as soon as I can, whole... I can see why Pet wanted him. Do you know what I mean? Like you can see he's got he's got everything. He wanted the ball carrying, the technical ability, the security in tight areas, and he works hard off the ball as well. Like yeah,
1: and you, you know what's weird? I've I've seen it for a while, but I didn't see it with Paquetta. Like I've seen the links to us for a long time, mm. but I've never seen like Paquetta's like because I didn't really watch him that much. So I didn't really see Whoa. him as like a great player. I thought he was just like a like an average okay player. Um but I seen it the season that uh Grealish signed for us when Bernardo was supposed to go to AC Milan for like 40 mil and somehow the deal fell through. That season um it was like uh we're linked with Paquetta from Leon. I was like okay who's this guy like I just saw clips yeah. of him dancing like I didn't really watch him like <laughs> that. But you can see it when I watch Paquetta now I can see he's the clear like Bernardo Silva sort of replacement like bernardo's got a i think 50 mil release clause uh active yeah. from next summer so um i think he's probably gonna end up leaving and he's like as a direct replacement i'm pretty sure he can play wide he can play a more creative role um behind the strike and play 10 he play deep can and play second midfielder Very, i think he's like top for like most duels won this season in the premier league like he's really mm. aggressive great defender he's a he's a serious midfielder and i think um a lot of teams will be lucky to have him. That's what I got from his, his first half performance. He was really, really good against uh against Liverpool. He wins a lot of
0: fouls, or something else I like about him. Mm. Yeah, a great player, man. I mean, bro, this this was how Paqueta was playing at, at Lyon. Like this was the type of the type of role he was playing, and they'd have Bruno Guimaraes, like the deepest and him an hour, like, ahead of him. And Paquette was, like, the all-action midfielder. He was doing everything. Like, he would pop up in the 10 areas, create chances, but also be deeper, keeping the ball, helping him build up. He'd be winning the ball back, helping with the press. Like, he's he's really an all-action midfielder. And I think sometimes a flair and stuff like that can trick people to seeing him as, like, this 10, this purely creative attacking player, where he's actually got so much to offer to the game. And I think that's why, for me, he's probably one of, my favourite players in the game right now just because of how well rounded he is and obviously he's still got the flair and stuff on the other side so um yeah
1: would, would you say would you go as far as to say he's he's the he's the best um oh here we go <laughs> would you go as far <laughs> as to say he's the best midfielder outside the top six or well, not top <laughs> six the big six. six big okay. six so yeah All right. mm-hmm. so clean Bruno Kimiraj, would you go as far as to say he's he's the best
0: do you know what? Yeah, Pro- probably, probably. I probably, I probably say he's the best midfielder outside the, outside the big six. Because who else would be up there? You probably say Bruno Gimarai, and then yeah, Tonali. Maybe maybe Eze. Eze, maybe Eze gets a shout. Yeah, but I feel like he's better than all, all of those guys. So yeah, he's, he's he's probably the the best midfielder outside the top six. And you guys are gonna go and sign him and become even better. So <laughs> I said I don't know if I said it to you, but I said um
1: you guys should sign Paquetta. I think he should be like yeah. the number one midfield. If signing. we had if
0: we had Paquetta in the mount role, like That's that role,
1: exactly role what to I do with mount, like exactly yeah. that. If, instead of signing Mount this summer, if you signed Paquetta instead and have Paquetta playing that role, oh my goodness. Would have been insane. I can't like Paquetta and Bruno. As the two midfielders, like in a big game, yeah. Paquette and Bruno. Nah, long day, man. Bro. Long, long day. In a big game, Paquette and Bruno, yeah. it's. And then you have man, a serious midfield. Oh, that would have been cold. I can't lie. That's a, that is a scary midfield. Paquette and Bruno. <laughs> in a big game. Oh, my days. Imagine going to Old Trafford and you have Paquette and Bruno in the other team, Bro, Paquette and, and, Bruno. Paquette and Bruno.
0: Yeah, and we're popping <laughs> it. Nah, yeah, that would be crazy. Tanagate like have the vision, man. Uh, but, uh, but
1: yeah. yeah, moving on. Uh, we got one more game to discuss, or two. One more, so one more. We've got the Madrid yeah, derby. The Madrid derby. Uh, mm.
0: Do you want to go, go first? What you thought about the Madrid derby? Glad I got some thoughts. Mm, I don't know. I can see. I can see that you're interested to get them off. So I'll let you go first.
1: <laughs> Madrid, Madrid, Madrid. Funny club.
0: <laughs> They've been a funny club for, for
1: time, man. Oh, my gosh. Madrid are funny. They're a funny club. They seem so frustrated. They seem so disorganised. And I don't know. I just don't think they're as good as they should be. You can put yeah. some of it down to manager. I think. I think, yeah, you can put quite a bit of it down to Ancelotti. Um, but I think also some of their players are just, like, not serious. Like, I don't know. Um, One thing I do think this game sort of showed me, or maybe not this game particularly, but recently, like, Madrid has sort of showed me is that Vinny's been injured for a while. I don't think Rodrigo is is on that level. Like, before, I used to think maybe Rodrigo's on that sort of Vinny level of, like, top, top wingers, like, just below the Mbappe tier. But I don't think he's on that level. I don't think he's ready for it yet. I think he's close to it, but I don't think he's ready for that sort of, like, to be Madrid's like main guy. Like for example, if Vinny was to leave. I don't think Rodrigo, I think the drop off from Vinny to Rodrigo is quite big. I don't think he's ready to be that guy that can carry the whole mm. team by himself. Um, I don't think Alaba had a good game. Uh, I, don't really th- I don't think he's that good anyway, to be honest with you, but I don't think he had a good game. Same for Rudigo, I don't think he's that good either. Um, Fran Garcia, I thought he was better than he is. I thought he was better than really? him. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he was I thought he was someone in the in the mode of um like I used to I used to think of him and Fresneda as the two sort of next fullbacks of the generation where they're going to be like oh, okay this is Sasha's like like basically a world class fullback at like twenty or whatever but I don't think mm-hmm. he's at that stage yet I think he's good but he's got a, a bit of way to go and yeah. yeah no I don't I just don't think they played that well I don't think there was any sort of real organisation, which has been a, th- a theme for a while now with Madrid, I feel like the pressing, the sort of like pressing isn't really, there isn't really, a, they're not really a pressing team anyway, so there isn't really like a clear sort of structure, and it means they get ripped open quite a few times, like, I feel like I'm at home, but there was quite a few times where it's like they played through Madrid with so much ease. Yeah. I also think um, their build-up, something uh, someone touched on on Twitter um, called Mazin, he, he mentioned that in build-up and stuff, the players, distances between the players is so wide, so, so wide. So it's like, they can never really, like, cause there's no real set structure, like not everything has to be sort of JDP, pep football, whatever, but there's no clear structure because the players are so far apart. It's like, they can never really develop a proper understanding during the games, like of, OK, this team's playing 5-3-2 or this team's playing like this. Let's pass this way. Let's keep going through this way. Let's keep going yeah. left-back, then get to Kroos and then get to the winger. Like, there's no sort of set routine like that. It's all sort of a bit like um, on the cuff, like off the cuff, sort of on the fly sort of thing. Everything's just happening all at once sort of thing. But what do you, what do you think of the, of the Madrid derby
0: with regards to Madrid? Man, I think... For me, I don't think Madrid have been good... This season, to be honest, obviously they, I mean they were they were undefeated until until that game I believe in La Liga, um, and but but Real Madrid should not be having to be bailed out by Jude Bellingham in the 90th minute of like yeah. three or four games in a row. They shouldn't be having to be bailed out by Jude Bellingham in games against Getafe and games against who was it? Salzburg or Salzburg in the Champions? League? Yeah, Salzburg. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't have to be, you know, Jude Bellingham having to bail them out at the last minute of these games. Um, And yeah, I I don't think they've been playing well. And I don't like the diamond in midfield. I don't think it gets... I don't think it gets the best out of some of their players. I feel like, of course, Jude Bellingham has come in and he's done well. But for me, Vinny is still their best player. And you have to get the best out of your best players. And to get the best out of Vinny, you've got to have him playing on the left. Him in this kind of dual striker, situation with Rodrigo where he's kind of drifting into the left half space and stuff like that I don't think it I don't think it gets the best out of him and then because of that I don't think he gets the best out of Romero's attack Um, I think when you have someone like him in wide areas who's so good in the one-on-one and has shown that he can put up goals and assists from wide areas anyway I don't know why you take him take him out of that Um, I agree I agree what you said about Rodrigo I think yeah, I don't think he's on the same level as Vinny. I feel like he, because he has a bit less kind of pace of power, it kind of he's a bit more he's a bit more limited. I don't think he's limited, but he's just a bit more limited than Vinny because obviously Vinny can just explode past a man like that. Um and then mm-hmm. I think his output needs to improve. Like I've seen Definitely. like Rodrigo's Rodrigo's a quality player, but I've seen him miss so many chances, bro, where I'm like, you've got to put that away. Um so yeah, I would say Definitely needs to improve on that. I think defensively, though, today or not today in the the game, you saw how Madrid missed elements out at the back because it was free goals yeah. from Atletico Madrid, all from balls into the box, and yeah. all three, all three of the headers were basically free, like yeah. it was free or you know minimal pressure. And I think when. Someone like Eden Hazard was there. His presence in the box, he's not letting that happen. Not, not three times anyway. Like he's yeah. he's stepping up and he's you know he's going to clear the ball. He's, he's a good box defender. And I think yeah, Alaba. I think it was the the Marat second goal. He was just completely sleep for it. Um, both of them. Yeah, both, yeah, both of them. To be honest, yeah. yeah, he would he just just completely sleep for it. And yeah, three headers. Um, and obviously you can't be given given that away to. To a team like Atletico Madrid, and I think, yeah, fair play to Simeone. Clearly, recognised that that was a weakness um, in their team at that moment, and they went for it. Um, and obviously, they were solid in their shape, their 5-3-2 out of possession. Like, and that's that's Atletico's bread and butter. You know? I mean, you can't, you can't if if they're if they're going up a goal or two against you, like it's always going to be tough, especially when at home. Like, you know what they're going to do? They're going to lock the game down. They're going to be tight. They're going to be compact, and it's going to be hard for you to to play through them. And I think Madrid saw that they didn't really create any clear cut chances in the game. Um to be honest, the goal came from Tony Cruz, a bit of individual brilliance on the outside of the box, and you know, they didn't, they didn't really create too much. Um, but on on athlete, on that lead though, I want you to um talk on Morata because I know that's your boy. I know you've I know you've had stocks in Morata So so talking to him, man, two two goals against his former team. Good day out for him. I love Morata
1: man. That's my boy, man. Love him. How old he like? How old is he <laughs> know? Like he must be he's like just he's He's turning thirty one in October. Right, I said twenty seven. Yeah. Great, 30. but great player, man. I love Murata. I think he's so like overhated and like I don't know. I think he's like misunderstood. Like
0: misunderstood like,
1: genius. No, he honestly is. He honestly is a misunderstood genius. Like he's so good. Like he's one of the most like he's he's what I like in a striker. Like apart from the fact he can't really finish. Like he's not really yeah. a great finisher. Like he's such a good striker. Like the hold-up play, the aerial ability, the movement, the intelligence, mm. the ability to control the ball. He can carry the ball as well. Like, he's really good. Even when he was at Madrid uh, in, like, one of the UCL winning seasons, I think 16, 17, pretty sure he had, like, 15 goals and, like, 15 starts in the league, or mm. 15 goals and 14 starts and, like, 20 goals in all competitions. Like, I think after Ronaldo, he was their second-top scorer. Like, he's a He's such a good striker such a great career. I think after he left um, for Chelsea, I think, I think when he went to Chelsea from then on, it kind of went a bit downhill, but Madrid, he sort of revived his career a bit more at He's a bit more, Simeon uh, is getting the best out of him. Like recently in seasons, he's getting like 13 goals, 12 goals, 14 goals, 15 goals. Like he's getting decent returns now. And I think he's just a great player, man. I love him. Like um, Obviously the with his finishing, I don't know, it's all a mental issue. Um, I think I think he's sometimes not as composed as he should be in front of goal, but I think overall he's a great striker. I think he got sent off today actually, but um, <laughs> in general, great, great striker. Um, he's got like five, I think five goals and five now, this season, so. We mm, should yeah, yeah, just get started from here, because I think he's really, I think he's overhated, he's been turned into a meme, because when sort of like Prem fans sort of watched him was when he came on loan to Chelsea, and he, yeah. Didn't do well at Chelsea, and then when they watch him like some big games, like I don't know, maybe he crumbles under the pressure or whatever. But he showed like time and time again, like he is the guy. Like Liverpool knocking Mm -hmm.
0: Liverpool out. I was Um, gonna say I will never forget that. I'll never forget that. (laughs) That clip, yeah. Oh my days. Where where does the slide past him and he's he's, (laughs) on his hands like Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh my days, what a player! And then. um Euros as well against Italy that goal he scored yeah. against Italy yeah. oh my gosh
0: nah, I love Maratta
1: man I L- love Morata what a striker man but nah I thought he played really good and um, I thought Griezmann did quite well
0: mm.
1: I like Griezmann a lot I think he's probably I probably have Griezmann in like my top 10 players in the world right now I think he's really he's really sort of entering his twilight and last season in my opinion best player in La Liga I don't think he won the award I think they gave it to, to Steven. but I think he was the best player in, in La Liga last season by like a distance and uh, really good at the World Cup as well it will be disappointing when he's not in the, the sort of Ballon d'Or top five this season because I think he should have mm. he deserves to be in that Ballon d'Or top five but um yeah no, know it's, it's gonna be interesting to uh, see how how are they actually do the season at Um because I know Girona right now top of La Liga and they're unbeaten Barcelona are third but they're also unbeaten um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this season with Fleco and if he can really push on. Because I think last season Athletico I think they were, I think they were second towards the end and they managed to somehow bottle it towards the end and Madrid got yeah. second. I'm pretty sure. But um it'd be interesting to see what happens with Afleto this season if they can actually build on for it uh from you know this result again in the in the derby against their rivals, uh completely dominating them. Like it seemed like I don't know, it seemed I know that it was like, at home, like, it was at the Metropolitano, but still, like, it seemed mm. like a flair could, like, had so much, like, control of the game and just,
0: it seemed like they were in much more control than you'd expect. What was that? Yeah, It almost seemed comfortable for them, like, yeah. in the game. Yeah. And you wouldn't expect that right. against, against Real Madrid. But, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, to be honest, agree with what you said on, on Griezmann. Yeah, I think, yeah, great player. Um, good to see him back to the kind of level he he was at before he left to Barca because I think him him at Atletico at Madrid before, I think he was a quality player. And then obviously he left Atletico, went to Barcelona. And I just don't think that move was ever going to work while Messi was there. Like, yeah. their best kind of areas are in the same positions on the pitch. And yeah. their, Barcelona are never going to give up like Messi, Messi. for for Do yeah. you know what I mean? They're never going to give up Messi for anyone. So I, for me, I don't know that that was never going to work, and I'm happy that he's back at Atletico and he's doing his thing again, and he's just almost back where he left at the club um, and doing well. And yeah, man, um, it's good to see. It's, it's going to be interesting to see Atletico this season. I think I don't know. I wanna I wanna see them make a make a run in the Champions League, man. They've not had one of those in a in a while. You remember like was it 13 14? They got to the final, lost to Real Madrid, and then I think, yeah. Yeah, and then and then a couple seasons a couple seasons later they they were, they had a good run I think semi final or something when Sal when Sal Nigue scored that goal against Bayern, yeah, yeah. yeah they had a, they had a good run then I've seen I haven't seen a good Champions League run from from Atletico in a while so I'd, I'd definitely be interested to see what they can do this season, um, but yeah no La Liga looks interesting right now. Girona top of the league, um, Madrid behind them now, and then Barcelona also undefeated third. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see Madrid versus Girona is this weekend at Girona. Yep. So let's see if they got something. See if they got something for them. See if they can stay. See, my, my boys are there. I've got I've got Savio there, Peroni. Mm. That's um that's a,
1: a CF. That's the CFG um affiliate team in it in Spain. Oh basketball. yeah, yeah. So all of our players ah. are there. We've got, uh, I think Garcia's still there perenes on loan, Savio's the Savio is really good by the way, a really good winner. Um yeah, no, we've got a couple players there, we've got quite a few, so hopefully they do well, man. But yeah, last last thing I just want to touch on, Aussie men. You seen in the Aussie uh, men situation with um with the
0: TikToks, the Napoli TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? So, I mean, it's just like it's it's shameful. I don't know how this type of thing can still be happening. In football, like people, people are saying, like, how could you do that, Tim? He's one of your best players, whatever. But it's like, how could you do that? How could you do that to Full stop. Like, yeah. As as one of your players, if he's not one of your players, that's not something that you should be doing and posting online, kind of like to get to get views, to get likes, to get interactions. You know I mean? And I can fully hear where um, Osimen is coming from and his frustrations. Like, that's that can't be on. Like, you can't just be able to do that. And it's crazy because they played yesterday and he scored, and yeah. do you know what I mean he just he just he's just getting on with it and it shows kind of the the professional he is because I mean if if he said that he was refusing to play in the game yesterday I like, I can't really say anything to him because that fair play, um, yeah. But yeah, obviously just getting on with it. But yeah, man, I don't know. it will be interesting to see what happens if he's actually going to sue them because that'd be mad for him to sue the club he plays for. I don't know if if this is going to mean he might leave, if he might go somewhere in in the summer or in january it's going to be yeah. it's going to be interesting to see but yeah no what, what do you make of it man uh, I, you know what i think i'm not even sure why i'm not
1: sure how it was posted or why it was posted because i only saw it after it had been deleted it was yeah, like so. a few videos it's like two or three videos actually yeah i saw i um, saw two yeah but the my, my thing is not even the post and like even if they were hacked and posted back then like why were they made and like why 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 would these videos made like um, mm. even if he's like I don't know maybe if he's like a youth player or whatever or he's like a not really good player or whatever like still like why would you think yeah this is one of my players yeah or why would you think this is a footballer and they'd be like yeah I'm gonna make this video and this is a TikTok that exists and I seen them post like a I seen them post like an apology sort of like they put like a statement really yeah but yeah well it's kind of rubbish like it was just like. <laughs> I don't know. let me try and find it. it was it was so rubbish like it was basically them just saying um, he's a treasure of this club. we don't want to mock him and um as proof that he's a treasure of this club, um, we rejected every offer for him what? and what does it say? It says social media has always used an expressive form of language of light heart and creativity without mm-hmm. wanting to insult Aussie men basically. And they're saying if he felt any offence, it wasn't intended. Like, what kind of like that's we'll basically saying like, that. Yeah, like what kind of apology is that? Like, I don't know. And when he, I seen a video of him turning up to training the, the next day after mm-hmm. the um the whole thing happened, and he didn't say like hi to any of the teammates that were there. Like, there's a like they have something called a team manager, which I didn't even know about. There's something called a team uh-huh. manager who basically like is a link between like um the players and the head coach and like the board and stuff, and then link between like the fans and the team like he's sort of like the middle man with everything and he only met him like he shook his hand or whatever and said hi to him and just ignored everyone else and just walked up so I think it's, it says a lot it could be interesting what happens next and and whether he leaves I don't think he would leave in in January I don't think he'd be allowed to leave either because of how their president is Di Lorenzo yeah. is not the type of guy that would let him go but I think this this is his last season at Napoli definitely I don't, I don't know and I think it's I think it's just so disrespectful like yeah, it is, like, man. even even like like even not even like on a human level, but like as Osman like Kvara has been bad for like a while. I'm not gonna lie, like he's not really yeah. great.
0: Osman's been Ossie Ossie man, has been, been consistently good, and that's what you yeah. want to do. Like I don't know, I don't know how you can be making
1: these videos mocking him when he's yeah. literally your best player. Like I don't know, man, it's it's crazy to me. Any other team would be like so happy to have him, but yeah, no. If, if he does leave, which I hope he leaves. I hope he goes somewhere yeah. where he's actually valued and and not just like, I don't know, I don't know, treated like this at least. Isn't it? But yeah, no. quickly.
0: quickly though then, where, where around Europe are you seeing them? Lots of people said Chelsea. I hope he doesn't get Chelsea. No, really no, get Chelsea. No, 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 <laughs> um, no, no. They can't ruin my
1: boy, man. No chance. That, honestly, you know what has been recommended quite a few times? I'm not sure if it would happen, but it's been recommended a few times is Madrid. I was going to say Madrid yeah madrid need a proper striker he's the sort of proper striker world-class striker real sort of superstar mm. um could come in and, and and be the proper number nine you could if they want to get mbappe they'll get mbappe to play with him off the left if not they have Vinny on the left rodrigo on the right like that's a proper mm. dangerous team and he's guaranteed goals as
0: well uh yeah. if he was to come to the prem Man United You think It's got to be, it's got to be. Really? You with 4 if... though Yeah man I can hold Bench with Osman bro <laughs> so, like, yeah. He's young man He's like 20 He's still got a lot To learn Do you know what I'm oh, saying Oh man Osman is 30 gold All competitions Guaranteed Do you know what I mean Yes man So I'm, I'm I am that's him, bro. 24 I'm... That's what I'm saying And he's still got to improve I'm taking Damn. it but now nah, I don't, I
1: don't
0: think they do that, you know. I don't think no. I don't think Man United would do it. But I'm saying if I was director of football, I'm there. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm making that happen. Yeah, they're fair. But about. um, I don't know. I'd say I'd I'd agree with Real Madrid, but I don't see having happening while, well. um, while well, they're still infatuated with Mbappe. To be honest, I feel like they're just set on getting him next summer. We'll have a whole other drama about yeah. that next summer. And we'll see what happens. And if he goes, and I don't think there's a way that that awesome is there, to be honest. Apparently, apparently he could be. Well, they say this all the time, and there's always a new twist in his tail.
1: But apparently, he could actually be staying, like, like for real. That's what. That's what. Um. That's what I've been been hearing through the grapevine that he could actually be staying, like for real, like. Um. Right, he got. Like he, like got, got he got. He got. He got Neymar, and he got his boy Dembele, yeah, yeah, and he's he got, happy now. Now he's got the team to himself. He's brought in all the bodies he wants. He's got Kolo Moani in there. He's got Dembuse in there. He's brought in everyone. He's told them, yo, bring this yeah. player. They've brought them. They've signed everyone. So now he's got Team 2 himself. He's got all the players he needs around him to win the league and win the Champions League if they play well enough. I don't think they will, but this is sort of like his sort of primetime moment. So I feel like if they do well, like for example, if they hit like maybe semi-finals, I think
0: he guarantees stays. Do you know what it is? if. Like, if, if Mbappe stays, he must deliver that Champions League, bro. If yeah. he's re-signed, he must deliver that Champions League. I wasn't one of those guys no. saying that the last time he signed the deal, because I was like, the deal's going to run out, and he'll still be 24, 25, and can't go to Real Madrid on free. He's still going to be in his prime. If he signs a deal during his prime years, ah, he's, he's got to make that Champions League happen somehow. Do you know what I mean? This is what I'm saying. Mbappe is, I think, 20... Is he 24 or 25? I think, he, I think he's
1: 24. Sh- yeah, he's turning 25 in December, so that means oh, next season he's going to be turning 26. If Mbappe bursted, Mbappe came out in in when he was 17. Yeah. If Mbappe hits, if anyhow Mbappe hits
0: 26 <laughs> with no European glory, uh, bro, oh my gosh, see, see this, it, you're, you're only talking like this because Haaland already got right one now, so right, hey, that's listen, that's why man. listen, man, hey, that's that, up, what man, I'm like, saying.
1: All I'm yeah. saying, yeah, is Mbappe ain't If yeah. Mbappe don't get a, a Ballon d'Or, has he? Wait, has he got a top three yet? I'm pretty sure he got top three like two years ago. No? Nah, I don't think he's got a top three. Really? Nah, that's I a robbery. Then he, he should have got top three. But if if Mbappe doesn't, because 26 can easily become 28.
0: Yeah, and when it's 28, bro, that's... bro, you're forgetting about the World Cup, though, Man, he's got another one of those in him. Two oh, World no, Cups. No, true. Yeah, two World true, Cups, true. all-time World Cup top goalscorer. His legacy is calm. Bro. His legacy is calm, but he true. does have to win the Champions League. That's what I'm saying
1: because because if not, he's basically relying on the World Cup, and World Cup can yeah. be
0: unpredictable. Yeah, like if he's, we're saying, he's going to yeah. win a World Cup, but he could definitely not win another World Cup for the rest of his career. You know what I'm like, saying? You never, you never know. Like, all it happens. takes is one minor injury, one minor yeah.
1: three-week injury, and he's out of the World Cup. Mm. Literally, like you know, obviously I don't wish that on him. Like I hope he plays. Yeah, player, yeah. but like. Bro, like there's so much things that could happen now. Like when you get to 26 next season, next December you'll be 26. And then from there, 26 can become 27 and a half, which can become 28.
0: And then yeah. from there
1: on, you're t- you're going towards 30. And just mm. before you know it, your career's over in like a blink of an eye. Like when it gets to 30, if he doesn't have like a maybe a Ballon d'Or. Or another Champions League a World Cup there'll be, be, like, be a new guy there'll be a new Mbappe that's what I'm Mbappen. saying And the, yeah the, you see the 16 year olds like Brazilian wingers and stuff that are coming up now like yeah. those players are going to be like 21 by that time Juan Donda so, chilling in Sao Paulo right now bro He's just coming yeah. to take a spot there's guys like Esteval the right winger Pedro <laughs> Pires. there's all these players that are coming yeah. up Like you never know you never
0: know what could happen like. so yeah mm. no, it's going to be interesting really interesting to see what happens Yeah, for sure, man. But that's all we have time for on this week's episode. Um, But thank you guys for listening once again. And um, we're out.